Welcome to the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg here in Hoboken, Eric Allen in Florham Park at his home, not one Jets drive at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center. Just to be clear here, and on today's podcast, breaking down the first day of free agency, the Jets officially made a couple of moves over the past couple of days, releasing Trumaine Johnson, and then we'll also talk about the of the reports out there because it's a very interesting time in the NFL landscape. No team is allowed to technically tweet anything out, so it's it's a lot of reportedly, and the Jets reportedly re-signed Brian Poole, and the Jets also didn't tender a couple players. We'll talk about that, and then we'll just kind of look at day one of free agency. This was the first day of the new league year, and we'll break down some moves across the league. Olivia Landis talked to ESPN pre- and post-game host Dan Graza about the moves in terms of the Jets, and then to wrap up the show, we'll take a look at the AFC East landscape and what teams have done, some new faces, some old faces departing. And with that, EA, let's just start things off by how are you doing in Florham Park and enjoying the quarantine? What are you doing to keep yourself busy these uh, days? Greens, hell of an introduction, and we hope everybody Thank is you. safe out there. Please follow all the guidelines um, right now. But unfortunately for me and you, we can talk a little bit about football every night here and it seems like free agency has been going on for seven days but this is yeah. actually the beginning of the league year and it's about 8 40 wednesday night so the league year began which means the free agency and training period is actually officially commenced at 4 p.m mm-hmm. but i would put this disclaimer out there uh, i know a lot of fans are asking throughout the league why aren't teams acknowledging certain quote-unquote signings well a lot of these guys have not been signed because we're living in a world where nfl clubs aren't bringing any free agent players to their facilities greens and club personnel including members of medical staff are not traveling to locations to meet or conduct Physicals and the physicals are very important pieces when you are signing a new player. And even in some cases, when you're trying to get a look at a player just finished up with you in January. So unfamiliar uh, terrain for all of us right now. But uh, I'm doing wild greens. Uh, Like I said, um, I'm happy to talk Jets football with you every night. And, and, you know, we do have a lot of news that continues to sprinkle in. And as Joe Douglas continues to reshape and build this roster. Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that at the end of my day, I can talk about some football because honestly, staying inside all day is not my forte. I think uh, you and I are similar in that, like to get out, be active. And, you know, even when we're at the office, I like to walk around, as you say, make, make my rounds. <laughs> I can't right. make my rounds anymore. My rounds are consisted of phone calls and, you know, finding things to do around my apartment. So, but without further ado, let's dive into uh, some Jets football, like you alluded to. And Tremaine Johnson was officially released by the New York Jets earlier today. And I don't think this was surprising in the eyes of the external media. I think it was something that a lot of people expected. And this really leaves the Jets corners in an interesting spot just by a numerical standpoint. And I know 
that it's free agency. So Joe Douglas and his staff are going to continuously add all these players. But right now, the Jets are pretty thin at the position on their roster. They only have one, two, three, four corners officially under contract heading into 2020. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, uh, a, a disappointing time here. I think he would probably tell you uh, the last two years were tough for him. And uh, the Jets, I think, under the previous regime, thought they would be getting more production uh, out of that spot. As it is, two years, 17 games, five interceptions, four of them were in that first year with the green and white, and seven pass defenses. He wasn't able to stay healthy last year, either, only seven games. But I don't think there was any surprise out there. I think a lot of people, when looking at the financial ramifications of Johnson's deal, Greens, wouldn't you say that this was a deal that was most expected? Yeah, I agree with that. And just where do you Our think this leaves the I'm Jets? Sorry. Well, where do you think this leaves the Jets, though, moving forward? Because it was reported earlier today that – the Jets had re-signed Brian Poole, who had a great year starting in the nickel for Greg Williams and the defense. But if, if even let's say in this in this uh, situation that we're talking about, Brian Poole is on the roster. I mean, the Jets still need to add a couple bodies to this team, whether that be through free agency, through trade, through the draft. But right now, like I said, only four guys under contract heading into 2020. Bless Austin, Nate Harrison, Kyron Brown. And Daryl Roberts. Now, Roberts is a guy who brings versatility because uh, over the last couple seasons, we know he's come in and stepped in for you at the cornerback position, but also he's got the ability in a pinch to go back and play safety. Now, Joe Douglas and company have to decide, is Daryl Roberts a two? I hate to get in the numbers game, but... Uh, uh, or is he a four? Because typically you're talking about one is your shutdown guy who's going to mark the opposition's top receiver outside the boundary, right? Then two would be his complementary piece across the other way in your three, which I always consider a starter in the National Football League because you play base packages so much the way teams implement their offensive personnel is one of your most important positions. That's why, and we'll get into this here in a second, the pool re-signing was a monster um, re-signing for Joe Douglas because that's a guy who's got the physicality of a safety. He can cover like a cornerback. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder on pool because a lot of folks uh, report, I believe Adam Schefter was the first to report today, agreement in principle to stay here with the green and white for a second consecutive season. But when you think about these names, bless Austin, Nate Harrison, Kyron Brown, and the aforementioned Daryl Roberts, Austin is a guy who came in. He showed some flashes at times, a really young guy uh, out of Rutgers who missed that final year there. But uh, yeah, you're going to have to add pieces on the outside no doubt about that and it's going to be fascinating to see where this goes right now greens yeah and i just want to touch on a couple of these guys let's start with daryl roberts this year he played in 13 games he started 10 of them he had a career high 63 tackles six pass defenses and one interception and he was somebody to your point he was the jets number two corner 
opening day against Buffalo at MetLife Stadium. And moving forward, I, th- I think one of the things that's interesting, and I don't know how the coronavirus or COVID is affecting any of this, but Daryl Roberts was one of those guys where a lot of the salary cap websites and external media thought that he could be a potential salary cut just for Joe Douglas to save money and increase the cap so he could spend money elsewhere. And right now, the only release that Joe Douglas has made has been Tremaine Johnson. And just looking at the rest of the guys on the roster, I I wanted to touch on Poole because when you look at his stats, he started in a career-high 10 games for the Jets this season, but his numbers weren't career numbers. But I think it's safe to say that he had the best year of his career. I mean, do you feel like – I didn't watch every Falcons game when he was there, but I would say it's safe to say that he was – the best he's ever been since signing with the Falcons as an undrafted free agent out of Florida, wouldn't you say? He was inarguably the Jets' top cornerback last year. You, you can't make any other argument than that. Um, and he, you know, again, at times he'd come up there and he'd set the edge. It was almost like he had an extra linebacker in there. And when you paired him up, I know they play different positions, but when you have a nickel like that and then a safety like Jamal Adams, this becomes a really tough unit to run against because not only are those big uglies up front taking care of business and winning their battles at the line of scrimmage, but the Jets, uh, their defensive backs will come up and hit you. And right now, if you're a fan, you're looking at it here on March 18th, and you're saying, I'm really comfortable where I am secondary-wise, three-fifths of the secondary right now, because I have perhaps the best safety in the National Football League in Jamal Adams. I have a safety in Marcus May, who has tremendous range, who played all 16 games last season, who I thought was playing his best ball perhaps of his career towards the end of his sophomore campaign. And now you took care of the nickel position by bringing pull back. The questions remain at outside cornerback. Yeah. And Brian Poole was the seventh rated or he graded out seventh in the NFL of cornerbacks, all corners, not just slot players, that had played at least 20% of the team's defensive snaps by pro football focus. So clearly he had a good year for the Jets. And to your point, I think my favorite Brian Poole play from this past year wasn't the the pick six, but it was the safety in week one week where one. he absolutely flattened Frank Gore at the goal line. And I'm pretty sure Marcus May came in and cleaned up but um, it, regardless, this has been reported that he's been or that he re-signed with the Jets. And I think we're both in agreement that this is a great yeah. move by Joe Douglas. Yeah, uh, agreed to terms. And, and and the money, we don't we don't talk about the money here on official Jets podcast, but the money being thrown around right now uh, for Poole and considering the contributions you got from him last year, you got to love this deal. Um, Good for Joe Douglas, good for Greg Williams, and good overall for the Jets' defense that, remember, they finished number seven in the National Football League overall defensively last year. And so, and they were also number two against the run. And really quickly before we 
uh, hear from Olivia Landis, who caught up with Dan Graza, like I said earlier. I wanted to talk about some guys that this this really didn't go uh, on the radar, but today I'm pretty sure was the deadline to tender any restricted free agents. And the Jets' restricted free agents were James Burgess, Arthur Millette, and Bennett Jackson. And basically what teams can do is tender a player. So in theory, if you slap a – like last year, the Jets placed a second-round tender on Robbie Anderson, meaning if a team signed Robbie Anderson to a uh, – a, a contract or they had to sign it on a sheet. The Jets could one match or two, they'd get a second round pick in return. Well, the Jets did not tender any of those players being James Burgess, Arthur Millette, or Bennett Jackson, making those three guys unrestricted free agents. And would you consider this a surprising move EA considering James Burgess and Arthur Millette were really two staples of this defense moving forward or at the end of the season last year? And they were also starters at the end of last year for a handful of games. I would say uh, no on Burgess. You know why? C.J. Mosley didn't play last year. He gave, what he got gave you two plus quarters of fabulous ball against the Buffalo Bills, and then he wasn't himself uh, when he tried to make a valiant return against the New England Patriots. You're going to get a knock on wood, a hundred percent C.J. Mosley back next season. He is one of the top inside linebackers in football. Uh, maybe he will rise to the throne overall because there's no Luke Keekley anymore. Um, we'll have to see what happens there. Avery Williamson still under contract. And remember, Blake Cashman, who played for you last season before he went out, he showed some things, and I think he especially can help in coverage situations. So, that top three at inside linebacker, um, if those are indeed the trifecta, I think that's a solid group. I would give a lot of props to Burgess for not only the way he played last year, but Greg Williams, because Burgess is not a big inside linebacker by any means, Greens. I don't know what he played at last year and what he was listed at, but that is not a monster guy, and he became a tackling machine for the Jets. So good job by Greg Williams last year, and good luck to James Burgess. Um, did some very nice things here for the Jets. The, the one guy that did catch my eye out of all of them you did mention was Arthur Millette. Uh, interesting, uh, played with the New Orleans Saints, came over. I thought he did some uh, decent things, but again, you, you got to make – decisions that are best for your ball club ultimately uh, and uh, Joe Douglas is doing that right now so that doesn't mean um, Millette you couldn't circle back at him uh, way down the line or down the line and after you see what happens in free agency but that was the only guy that yeah I, I don't think I raised my eyebrows about I would say I didn't have any uh, no true surprises there but there's some guys that gave us contributions last year and they're going to be players in the National Football League. You're talking about guys who ultimately are going to be playing reserve roles all somewhere, Greens. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that the Jets were so injury-bitten last season that guys like James Burgess and Arthur Millette, like that's how they found their way onto the field. And I think they played well at the end of last season, but I do think that it's one of those circumstances where had the Jets been healthy all year, you can't. I can't say I can't sit here and say that those two guys would have found their way into the starting lineup just because of the way they played. I mean, both those guys were 
practice squad players at the beginning of the year. And, you know, that, I think that's really all the news right now in Jets land. And um, now I think it's a good time. Olivia Landis caught up with Dan Graza and they talked all things Jets, too. So let's take a listen to what they had to say about the New York Jets and free agency. Thanks, Ethan. NEA. Let's dive right into some Jets free agency news. There have been some reports out there that the Jets did agree to terms with guard Alex Lewis. How important was it to re-sign a player who already has familiarity with Adam Gase and this system and honestly had a very good outing in a year he wasn't even expected to be a starter? Right, and has familiarity with Joe Douglas, most importantly, right, from their Baltimore days together there. And, um, you know, Alex Lewis is a is a valuable piece here. And and maybe league-wide, maybe they look at this news and say, well, Alex Lewis. Okay. But anybody who follows the team like you and I do, Olivia, and we watch every game and we're in the locker room and we're talking to these guys, Alex Lewis was not only a very, very solid contributor for them on the field last year, but also in that locker room as well. And that reflected well on the coaches. They really realized how valuable his presence was in that room. I mean, just getting the opportunity to get to know him on a one-on-one basis last year, you could probably say the same thing. He's a very good guy in that room, very team-oriented, really brings a good positive vibe. And he's a heck of a football player too. And you think about, you're right, he came in late during the summer last year and a trade was thought to be really nothing more than a depth piece. But then all the injuries started on the offensive line and he got pressed into duty. And when he slid into that left guard position, you can make the case that the offensive line, at least on that left side, played a little bit better. And I think he was very, very solid. So the fact that he comes back here, that's a position now out of those five on the offensive line. If you're the Jets, you say, okay, we feel good about what we have at left guard. We feel comfortable about sending Alex Lewis out there. Yeah, and I would agree with you to how – He has a presence inside that locker room. He's a great guy. Every time I've interacted with him, he's been phenomenal. So like you said, I think it was a good, smart signing on Joe Douglas's part, especially providing so much emphasis on the offensive line. And we'll circle back to the offensive line, but I want to now move on to another move that the team officially announced, and that was releasing cornerback Trumaine Johnson. There had been some rumors floating around for a while that this was going to happen, but the Jets made it official today. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that? I got to be honest with you, Olivia. I'm not really that surprised. You know, we kind of heard rumblings that this was the direction the franchise was going to go with Tremaine because, you know, and everybody talks about the large contract he was given in free agency a couple of years ago. That's all well and good. But, you know, the production just didn't match up with it. And I know that you can say it's only two years, but, you know, there's an old saying that the best ability for a player is availability. And Tremaine Johnson wasn't even on the field as much as you would want somebody on the field that's playing an all important position like cornerback and what they entrusted him with when they brought him in here as a free agent from the Rams. Now, um, the problem with that is, is that they still have a need that they have to fill. It's not so much, well, you know, the savings that you get from releasing Trumaine Johnson, what it does for your salary cap and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's all well and good. But also now, who are you going to get to fill that void? You know, they are thin at cornerback. And that was something that they were going into this process here during the offseason. Now, I know that there's still some players out there to be had. And I know that the draft is still, you know, a month away and they can fill some needs there. But that would be my overall 
overall level of concern right now. Not so much that Trumaine Johnson didn't live up to the expectations that the organization had for him. Is that who are they now going to get to step in and lock down some of those cornerback positions? You know, Bless Austin was, you know, showed some glimpses last year when he was finally activated uh, off of the pup list there, and he flashed some ability. And you have some some hopes for him and other guys like that. But uh, somebody's going to have to step up because you know that in the NFL, the past happy league that it's become, you need guys that can cover. Dan, you mentioned some holes that the Jets need to fill. I now want to quickly jump into some reports, some rumors that have been reported by analysts around the league. We already mentioned cornerback position. It's been reported that the Jets have come to agreement in principle with cornerback Brian Poole. They've also come to, it has been reported that they have come to agreement in principle with offensive linemen, both George Fant and Connor McGovern. When you look at those three overall free agent signings, what are some of your initial thoughts on first the offensive line additions and how that can help what Joe Douglas is trying to build? And then Brian Poole coming back possibly into the mix. Yeah, I, all, all very good signings. I, I like them a lot here. And, you know, starting with the offensive line, you knew that if you had to pick one particular area on this football team, Olivia, going into the offseason that the Jets had to address, it was the offensive line. We know that. Joe Douglas being an old offensive lineman himself, he knows and he said as much that games are won and lost in the trenches. And that was something the Jets had to address. You look at a guy like George Fan. Maybe the average Jet fan doesn't know too much about him because he was a guy who played for the Seattle Seahawks all the way out on the other side of the country in another conference. He was a basketball player at Western Kentucky, but he had all the intangibles. He has great athletic ability, and he got himself uh, into being a starting caliber offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, So he has the experience there. And the thing that I like about it is that he has upside. And I think that Joe Douglas and the Jets coaching staff also can see that there's upside with this guy. Now, Connor McGovern, guy they picked up from the Denver Broncos here, uh, he's a guy who, again, has been durable. He's played virtually almost every snap the last couple of years. The thing you like about him with all the experience that he's garnered the last few seasons is that he has been very, very rarely penalized, which is never what you want to have happen for any of your offensive linemen. So he plays a clean game, he plays an effective game, and he's a guy that, you know what, there's your center. And Connor McGovern, yes, he has flexibility, he can also play some guard as well, but it seems as if the Jets have eyes on him being their starting center. And Olivia, when you look back at this franchise for the last couple of decades, the center position was almost an embarrassment of riches for them. They were spoiled because for the better part of almost 20 years, the center position was held down by two guys, Kevin Mawai, who became a Hall of Famer, and Nick Mangold, who became an all-time Jet great here, and certainly in the conversation maybe for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they've had some change at that all-important position, but hopefully now they've got it right here with Connor McGovern. Yeah, you made some really good points there. We'll have to see in the coming days of free agency if the Jets are going to make anything official. Again, those were just some rumors that have been announced by some of the analysts around the league. But again, happy NFL League New Year. It's been super awesome to have you. Thank you so much for coming on and answering a couple of questions. But before you go, I can't let you leave without asking you about how you are reacting to this Tom Brady not only not being in the AFC East anymore, so the Jets don't have to face him twice a year anymore, but he might possibly be going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Yeah, that seems to be the word on the street, Olivia. And I think that a lot of Jet fans are probably throwing a party because for the better part of the last 20 years, he's tortured them along with all other teams in the National Football League on a pretty regular basis. But of course, being a division rival, I mean, the Patriots body of work, Tom Brady's body of work speaks for itself for what he's accomplished. He's the winningest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. So yeah, on paper, you look at the New England Patriots and say they might not be as formidable as they were with Tom Brady. But the thing you got to remember is that Bill Belichick is still there and he's arguably the greatest coach we've ever seen in this game. And and he's going to go out there and he's still going to put together a very good football team. And remember, 2008, Tom Brady went down with an injury in week number one. Patriots still went 11 and five that year without Tom Brady. So they're going to have something in place. And you know that Belichick is going to have a plan in place to where they're going to be a very good football team. But yeah, if you're a Jet fan, if you're a Bill fan, if you're a Dolphin fan, just those teams that you go head to head with the Pats within that division year in and year out, you probably do see at least a glimmer of opportunity for you. But still, you got to go out there and win the games on Sundays. All right, so that was Liv and Dan Graza breaking down things, all things Jets, should I say. And I think everyone's in agreement, meaning the two of them and the two of us, EA, that the Brian Poole signing and every other reported signing out there, including the official Tremaine Johnson release, seems like Joe Douglas's approach so far, adding reportedly adding three offensive linemen, has really, one, kept to his word, and two, the calculated approach is something that I really appreciate. And I think if you follow Joe Douglas's past, learning from somebody like Ozzie Newsom in the Baltimore Ravens, they rarely make a big splash in the first wave. And I think that that's what you're beginning to see here as the Jets trust their general manager and his first free agency in green and white. And somebody that we have yet to talk about really as free agency officially kicked off at four o'clock earlier today, by the way, it's eight fifty-five PM just to uh, let the people know in case something breaks here and we didn't talk about it, but Robbie Anderson still a free agent. He's still on the, on the market. And I wonder if Robbie Anderson and Joe Douglas are talking right now and not actual Robbie, meaning Robbie's agent, because I know that Robbie had said earlier in previous interviews, even after the season, that he would he felt like there was unfinished business with the Jets and that he'd want to return. And I think that the Jets would want him. And I think it's obviously a question of is it the right price? That's right. And Joe Douglas, calculating approach. He is not going to be forced into anything. They're going to sit there, him and his guys, assistant GM Rex Hogan, director of player personnel um, Chad Alexander, and uh, you can throw Phil Savage into that mix and Greg Nejma, but they are going to come up with a plan for everyone, and he is not going to budge. He's going to set a market, what he thinks the value is, and he's not going to be forced into a situation. Joe is going to build this the right way. You mentioned Ozzie Newsom before. He's got tremendous mentors along the way during his NFL career. He's got three championship rings. I truly believe the New York Jets are in good hands. Again, we're five hours into day one of free agency. But I know, you re- mentioned it Go feels ahead. like it's been, I just feel like it's been free agency started like a month ago. You know what I mean? These past 48 hours have gone by so quickly. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, millennials are glued to their screen. Well, I have been glued to Twitter 
for the past 48 hours and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> so you mentioned Robbie Anderson before the sun God, you know, six, three, 190 pounds. The guy can fly, uh, wake up tomorrow. And he's the fastest guy <laughs> on any track in any neighborhood on any football field. Um, average 15 yards of reception last year, 20 touchdowns over the course of his career. Um, over 3,000 yards receiving. We talked about his accomplishments uh, becoming, what, the f- fourth or was it the fifth undrafted free agent? The fifth undrafted, correct. Yep, the fifth undrafted free agent um, to start his career with over 3,000 yards in his first four seasons. So, listen, Robbie Anderson is playing the patient game, and Joe Douglas is going to be patient as well. We'll have to see what the market is. The two guys, the two name guys, I guess, at the top, you would say, Amari Cooper. We know he's with the Dallas Cowboys, signed that long-term contract. A.J. Green got the franchise tag slapped on him. What is out there for Robbie? I'm sure teams are calling his agents. He all, He's going to have to weigh, okay, our team's going to offer me a dollar more, $2 more than the Jets. I'm being kind of facetious there. I'm saying at the end of the day, Robbie likes it here. I think he's developed a really good rapport with a young quarterback in Sam Darnold, who, oh, by the way, Greens, he is the longest tenured starter, starting quarterback in the AFC East. Yeah, how about Sam that? Darnold. That's crazy. How about that? 22 years um, old. He's six months younger than Joe Burrow, who's supposedly going to go number one overall to Cincinnati in a couple right, months right. here. I mean, and that's crazy it, to think about. Yeah. And of – Everything he can do physically, one of his best traits, I think, is he is an accurate long ball thrower. And Robbie developed his game this year. There's no doubt about that. He's a guy who can take this slant to the house. He was doing a lot of deep ends going across the middle. But he can take the top of the defense off as well as anybody in the National Football League. And I think he knows he's got it good here with Sam Darnold. He has loved by the fan base, um, man, it's going to be something watching this play out because yeah. the team's definitely going to be interested in him, Greens. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think I think Robbie Anderson, one of his best traits that is kind of sneaky for him, given his stature, is the way that he goes up and, and gets the ball and brings it down. And this past year, I think you saw it when Sam Darnold – through the opening touchdown to Robbie against the Steelers in week 16 in the end zone. Like he, he was blanketed by two people. And similarly, two years ago in 2017, when Josh McCown was on their center, really when Robbie had his breakout season with the Jets, again, I don't know if you remember this play, but it was against the Carolina Panthers and Josh McCown rolled out. He put on a, this was a different one, same game. He had two touchdowns that game, but Josh McCown launched a, a deep ball into the back of the end zone with two Panthers draped all over him. And Robbie somehow went up all, all 190 pounds of them brought down the ball inbounds touchdown. And I think Robbie, that's something that's 
under overlooked I'll say about his game because obviously you think about the speed and you think about how much he's grown this past year in Adam Gase's system with Sean Jefferson as his receivers coach and we'll see what happens with him and I just want to yeah, shoot- he tra- and I would add that he tracks the long ball better than anybody yeah he, he, he you're, right, well. you're right he's gotten better at contested catches throughout his career and you mentioned the infrastructure in place Sean Jefferson Heinz Ward you know that Robbie Anderson feels awfully high about both those two guys as well. So um, if it's close, let's just say there are two, three, four teams in the running. If it's close, uh, you know, I think, you know, he's going to take a long consideration, a long look at the New York Jets and staying right here uh, with Sam Darnold. No doubt about that. The other receivers on the market, right? Brashard Perryman, Philip Dorsett, Emmanuel Sanders, who played for Adam mm-hmm. Gase before. Um, Demarcus I mean, Robinson is even another Even Darius Thomas, yep. who's the yep. unrestricted free agent of the Jets. So Right, yeah. But but Robbie's kind of the guy that you're watching at the top of the list now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After everybody that's been signed, I would, you know, after Amari signed, I'd definitely say that Robbie's at top of the list. And you know, shifting gears now just to day one of free agency overall. And you think about the positions of need that a lot of people think the Jets will add in free agency. Well, one name that was very popular among fans, or two names, should I say, you're gonna let's start with the edge guys. Dante Fowler signs with the Falcons, and then at corner, Chris Harris signs with the Chargers, and then the big quarterback news from today was Nick Foles being traded from Jacksonville to Chicago. And I wanted to hit on that for a second because, well, well, a couple of people have asked me just talking about the Jaguars and, you know, spitballing here. It seems like they're rolling with Gardner Minshew, but the Jaguars have two first round picks this year and they sit at number nine overall. So do you think it's out of the cards that they would, in theory, potentially draft a signal caller? Or make no, a move and, to go and, up for a single and I got I know where you're going here. I know where you're going in here is that that would give another option for the Jets sitting there at eleven. So no, I I don't think that is off the you table. You think they're rolling with the with Gardner? No, I, I, no, no, I agree with you. I don't think it's off the table. They can oh, take oh, okay. I, like I see. I oh, see. Yeah. I think what you've seen from the Chargers to do today, uh, speaking about quarterbacks, is that. Uh, you know, obviously Tom Brady's going to Tampa, but the, the Chargers are telling folks that they are comfortable with rocking and rolling with Terod Taylor, the former Buffalo Bills quarterback. But I think even if they do that, the Chargers are going to be taking a quarterback. Yeah, and the Chargers right now six overall. I saw this tweet today. It was uh, it was projecting, should I say, after trading for Trey Turner the right guard of the formerly the Carolina Panthers and then signing Brian Balaga, the right tackle formerly of the green Bay Packers. Somebody said, I wonder if they're loading up the right side of the line for a certain Southpaw coming out of Alabama and potentially could be there at number six, or maybe they'd have to move up to get him. That being to attack of Iloa, but back to Nick Foles. What do you think about the Nick Foles move for the Chicago bears getting him and do you think it's officially an open competition for the starting job well i don't know we'd have to hear from those guys here in the weeks and months ahead but nick Foles, uh, experienced quarterback it didn't work out in jacksonville and you just mentioned about what the jaguars are doing right now i know nfl teams don't like to use the term pers- uh, rebuild 
but it sure feels like that's in fact what the Jaguars are doing right now. So wasn't surprised. And I also wasn't surprised that, Hey, they, they get a veteran in there and uh, Trubisky probably going to be in a situation where he's going to have to win the job, right? Greens. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. And I, I, yeah, I think so. I, I'm just going to leave it at that and we'll see how it plays out. But I wanted to look ahead at one, well, a couple things here. We're talking about corners and edge rushers and uh, I touched a little bit about those guys before. Well, still, I just wanted to say some names on the market here before we look at the AFC East landscape. One, Logan Ryan, still on the market, former Patriot and Titan. You think about somebody like Ronald Darby, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe Joe Douglas wants to bring in a guy like that that he's familiar with. Jimmy Smith, another one. Um, that's kind of in Jaylen that. Mills is still out there, isn't he? Too uh, right. Yeah, Jalen Mills resigned, yeah. and he reportedly resigned as a safety after playing corner. So we'll see. And that's another guy, Malcolm Jenkins, on the move to the New Orleans Saints. Going back to New Orleans, the team that drafted him. And well, so when when did the Mills sign to take place, or the agreement of principle? Was that this afternoon? I believe yesterday. Okay. Okay. So and then the one guy that. Uh, the Vikings release that could be an interesting option, not only for the Jets, but any team wanting to bolster the interior of the offensive line. That's Josh Klein. And Josh Klein originally played for the Patriots for three years, then three years after that for the Titans before one year with the Minnesota Vikings. And potentially that could be another guy that um, that Joe Douglas would want to bring in for depth purposes. Right now, Brian Winters is the slated starting right guard and Josh Klein's 30 years old, eighth season, also a Kent state guy. So he probably is actually is the same year as Brian Winters and probably played on the same whole line there. So that's another guy. If the jets want to bring in some guys for depth, but I know you wanted to talk about the AFC East landscape. You want to hit the, hit the teams now. Yeah, why not? Where do you want to start? Should we start in New England or Miami? I feel like we should start in Miami just because they've been the most active. And you think about Byron Jones now paired with Xavier Howard. And then they've really just been like signing everybody. Kyle Van Noy reuniting with Brian Flores, Mm -hmm. Shaq Lawson going, staying in the AFC East, but going from the Bills to the Dolphins. Eric Flowers going back home to Miami where he went to college. And then they signed Jordan Howard who played for the Eagles this past year. I mean, they've been all over the place and you know, they had money to spend, but they're really going after a lot of guys And I forgot about, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Camu, yeah, yeah. Hill. I mean, the, the list goes on and on for their offense. You know, the Jones signing, very interesting because on paper, you like what they're doing on the outside because you're pairing them up with one of the better young corners in football, I would say, in Xavier Howard, right? And oh, yeah. Howard's, Howard's a guy who takes the football away. This pair, though, Greens, this is the NFL's two highest paid cornerbacks. And now you're talking about the pair. Uh, and I'm going to be interested to see how it goes because Jones is a guy who had two interceptions and three forced fumbles in five seasons with the Cowboys. Uh, So he's not really a ball hawk, but people think awfully high of him. Howard is the ball hawk. Uh, What's going to happen with those guys? Um, But that cornerback duo, yeah, it it (laughs) should be right up there. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And the way that, I mean, Joe Douglas said this in Indianapolis at the scouting combine, he said any, he said the way the game is going, I'm paraphrasing here, the way the game is going, a passing league, you need explosive playmakers on offense and you need guys on defense that can affect the pass. And that being edge rushers and corners and the Dolphins have a, a pair of very good corners. And those guys uh, they're going to be tested a lot considering the the new wide receiver in the AFC East for the Buffalo Bills, reportedly. That would be Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs, we talked about him a couple days ago, but the Bills, other than Stephon Diggs, have been loading up on defense and their defensive line. They reportedly signed Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, uh, Quinton Jefferson, a defensive tackle, and then really before any of this, uh, they signed Josh Norman, who used to play under Sean McDermott in Carolina, where he had a career year under McDermott. Well, what you always look at right now, if the Bills are signing somebody, is did they have any Carolina background? Because the system familiarity uh, is, is coming into place here. Uh, Norman, I think that's an interesting flyer. Um, he's a guy's 32. I wouldn't say he's on the upside of his career, but Green's. You're pairing them with Tredavious White. You can make the argument that Tredavious White is a top two, top three cornerback in the National Football League. You got a shutdown guy on one side. Also, the Jets, uh, the, the Bills like to play a lot of zone. Uh, enter Josh Norman. So uh, I think they know what they're getting there, and he's not going to be asked to be uh, the number one guy. I don't think the money was uh, crazy there. The other thing is, uh, defensively, you mentioned a couple of the, a couple of those guys they added um, here this week. Well, yep, Shaq Lawson goes away, so then you bring in a guy like Jefferson um, from uh, the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, they have a lot of good pieces defensively. I talked about White before, Tremaine Admins, the young, awfully talented uh, inside linebacker. Um, their stout is interior. They're good after they're good against the run. Their safeties are good. They, yeah. Just give you an extension, I believe, or rework the deal of Jordan Poyer. Um, yeah. And, and we talked about digs, uh, last night. I think, uh, they've given Josh Allen everything he needs. So you might say on paper right now, if you were looking at it fairly, you, you could say that the bills might have the most talented roster in the division. As, as of March 18th. Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, we, we talked about Tom Brady and the Patriots and the Buccaneers yesterday. They really had not made a lot of moves. A lot of their players actually have been signing with the Dolphins and reuniting with Brian Flores or going to the Detroit Lions and reuniting with Matt Patricia, who was the defensive coordinator before Brian Flores. So a lot of Patriots ties really heading elsewhere uh, around the league, if not the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins. Well, well, well Green, so, so I want to get your thoughts here. Um, we talked a little bit about Brady last night. Um, were you surprised the Patriots went and gave Joe Tooney the franchise tag? Because uh, a lot of people thought he was going to hit the market. And in fact, a lot of Jets fans were targeting Tooney. And it would have been, that would have been, Interesting to see if Joe Douglas wanted to make one splash, would it have been a guy like Tooney who 
has started, what, 64 games since being drafted in 2016 (laughs) and has been one of the most consistent interior players in the National Football League. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I was surprised, one, because you didn't really hear anything about that and nobody expected it, I feel like, in the external media. And the second part of this is I think the reason why a lot of the external media didn't expect it was because the Patriots historically don't really pay a lot of guys and they don't extend a lot of their guys. I feel like Bill Belichick is the king of um, either getting rid of guys before and, and getting value or they just let him walk. I feel like he's the king of, if you want to go, go ahead, you know, ha- have fun. And I think it's no more evident than what happened with Tom Brady. But if you look at the list of guys, you think about Chandler Jones got traded, Jamie Collins left and came back. I mean, Richard Seymour, even to go back a, a long time ago, Ty Law, you go back then. I, I think there's a long list of guys that, Bill Belichick has historically let walk and to franchise tag a guy like Joe Tooney. I think it speaks a lot of volume to the player that Tooney is and, you know, the trust and the, that Bill Belichick has in him. And I think, I think it's uh it's probably, it's a good move for those, for the Patriots considering they just lost their center too to the Miami Dolphins, Ted Karras, and they're going to need bodies. And Joe Tooney has been a rock. It's, I feel like it's, it's unheard of for somebody to start 64 games in a row and be drafted and be a day one starter. The other part of this is he committed zero penalties last year. He was one of two players to do so. The other one uh, was Connor McGovern, who reported. There you go, Connor McGovern, calling full circle here to close. Yeah, uh, just a couple other additions or re-signings the Patriots taking care of business Matthew Slater one of the top special teams performers in the National Football League will be back Devin McCourty uh, one of the anchors back there in that solid secondary he's back and you know we talked about the offensive line allocation resource allocation was they've also paid Jack Mason a lot of money too so uh, but they're going to be dealing with the loss of Dante Scarnecchia a legendary offensive line coach who is not returning. So not only is Brady not returning, but one of the finest assistant coaches in the history of the National Football League, Dante Scarnacchia, who put that thing together up front for so long in New England, won't be back. But that, uh, to come full circle, we're talking offensive line. That's been the storyline for the Jets here early in free agency. Remember, 11 different offensive line combinations last year, nine different starters. Joe Douglas addressing the O-line agreement with Alex Lewis. And then reports are Connor McGovern coming here from Denver, George Fant coming here from the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I I think uh, I like your your coming full circle moment there. And I think the Patriots, I mean – as long as Bill Belichick's there, I think there's going to be some kind of stigma around the NFL. Like he's got something up his sleeve. The Patriots are going to be good. Cause even when, and Dan Graza talked about this in his interview with Olivia, that even when the Patriots lost Brady that one year to a torn ACL, Matt Castle led them to what an 11 and five season or 10 and six. I mean, they were still very good. So we'll see what happens there, but that should be a discussion for another podcast, perhaps tomorrow's podcast, EA, the official jets podcast. And again, many thanks to live and Dan Graza for hopping on and joining us in in the middle of our podcast and EA, I hope maybe hopefully we'll have some more reported things to talk about in terms of the green and white and not really uh, 
not really the NFL landscape tomorrow. But as of now, time will tell and, and keep keep doing your quarantine and hope all is well in Florham Park. Thanks, buddy. Be good in Hoboken. Jets Nation, we'll see you tomorrow night.